I love Victor Queen because he's a hard on the sleeve kind of guy. I think he's coming on Monday's show. When he said, "Why would people wonder why I want to be in this business when people are attacking you every day?" I'm like, you know what, Victor? That's why I don't. If people are starting to realize why I'm sitting at this table right now, I'm, I'm over it. I deserve better to be yelled at and treated the way that I was by fans, by teams, by bosses. Uh, but Victor ain't. So I say, God bless him. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, it is happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. One half of the program emanating from beautiful, hot, and sunny South Florida, where the next chapter opens here for the RP Show. But it is episode number 825 of your favorite daytime sports talk show. This is one half of the show, and you're not going to believe who we found for the other half of the show for at least the first half of the show, and that is Darren Moose Dupont. Yeah, he joins us hair. from, yeah, great hair, from lovely St. Catharines, Ontario. Well, the Canada Summer Games have come to a close, Moose. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's good to be back on the show, and uh, uh, happy Monday to you and everybody watching. Good stuff. Hey, I tell you what, it's great to be seen. In this business, it's great to be seen at all, and people were starting to worry if you'd met your untimely demise in southern Ontario. And if that's a, so, can, can you say, can you confirm? The reports of your demise have been greatly exaggerated, and uh, you're be- ready to return to normal. Will Smith dies in skiing accident or whatever the headlines are, right? That fake news, fake news, fake news. Yes. The reports were premature and we're back, baby. Beautiful. Moose is going to be with us for the first two segments today. Then we've got coming in Victor Kui, the president of the Edmonton Elks, who are on a one-game winning streak, heading into this week's home game against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And then Lee Genier will join us in Hour 2, and we'll be joined by the general manager of the National Lacrosse League's Saskatchewan Rush. Um, so that's the roadmap of the show. And for that, I guess right now, can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan, please? Because, uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, howdy to all of our viewers that are chiming in from all over North America. I'll get to your comments in a moment, but it's me and Moose's time. You should all know that by now. I'm not going to read your comments here in the, in the warm-up. Moose, everybody loves the stories. I love the stories. So before we get to the quick six and all the rest, can I tell you a little story that happened to me this morning? So I will. Obviously, you see I'm wearing my Buccaneer shirt, but I'm in South Florida, the home of the Dolphins. And so... Came here from after the World Juniors, and I'm getting ready to uh, go to the Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles game on Saturday night, preseason game. Forgot all the media protocols and policies that the Dolphins had in place that I complied with last year. So I looked into it, and it's like, oh, dang. They need 10 days' notice for a media pass before any game. Well, we're inside 10 days. Season pass, forget it. That's closed, too. So I go to buy a ticket. I go to buy a ticket for the Eagles and the Dolphins Saturday night. Go to Ticketmaster. I love Ticketmaster. Lee and I discussed it yesterday or last week, why teams have gone to that. And I'm like, click on the link. Cheapest ticket, $200. I'm like, what? Oh, well, there's a story for the RP show. I can tell the viewers, $200 they're charging for NFL preseason tickets. Can you believe it? The greed plus a $47 processing fee but i pay it because in my mind i think oh rod you don't spend any money on yourself you deserve to go to this nfl game and for 200 dollars, even if it is in the nosebleeds i get it all of a sudden i click on another link i'm wait wait a minute there's another link here oh i'm going to be sitting in a luxury suite in the nfl you can buy a ticket in a luxury suite it's 200 dollars, and it is the nosebleed luxury suites i could have got in for six dollars Six dollars. 
Oh no, I clicked on the wrong oh, link. No. So, right, so I'll be eating a shrimp cocktail in a luxury suite, watching a preseason game Saturday night. So that's how my week started. Um, how did yours close? Who won the Canada Summer Games? We determine those types of things, do we not? We do, and it's Ontario. It's Ontario every year in these games, ah. for sure. Uh, population and everything else. But it was an awesome game. Great closing ceremony last night um, down at Niagara Falls. Uh, beautiful stage, music, everything else. They handed the flag to PEI, which will host the Winter Games actually in February. Just coming out of the COVID thing, they're going to have them right back to back. But the, the Niagara Falls were the uh, backdrop for the closing ceremony. So it was gorgeous last night. I'm sure if that had a very Olympic feel, I'm sure. So, again, glad to have you back. And congratulations, Ontario, for winning the Canada Summer Games. As Moose says, apparently we should not be surprised by that. So that's that's our stories now. Can you hit the horn again, Jordan? Let's see if he's still awake uh, there in this one. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jordan. Number one, Kent Johnson's goal at 3.05 of a high-octane overtime Saturday night lifted Canada to a 3-2 win over Finland in the gold medal game at the World Junior Hockey Championship in Edmonton. Canada's Mason McTavish, the tournament MVP, mostly for his offensive output, saved a sure goal in overtime as he batted a Finland shot away from Canada's goal line a minute before the golden goal. Sweden earned bronze with a 3-1 win over Cheshire. Listen, Saturday night just had a wonderful feel. It had a hockey night in Canada feel. Saturday night, Canada, Finland. Hockey night in Canada, but not. It's on TSN, and uh, you just love the hockey. You just had a, I'm all for it. Can we have a summer world juniors every year? Can we have it? Because the, the fake news doesn't do enough for me about the who's going to be the seventh defenseman for the Oilers. And uh, no. I need the games, and this one, that's why we love it so much. It's why we love all sports so much, Uh, Darren and my American friends. As soon as I landed, they were saying, congratulations on the gold. What a wild-ass game that was. Man, it was awesome, and Mason McTavish is a household name before even being an NHL regular, man. that's I'm so happy for Canada. I'm happy for everybody. What a game. Yeah, what a game. What a finish to that game, and you know, it was really difficult around here when you're so immersed in the games and stuff, the Canada games, to get to watch all of the, the world juniors. And so I felt a little disconnected. But you know what? Everywhere you went, there was still murmurs of it. There were still some conversations. Oh, Canada plays tonight. This is happening in there. And we got the updates. And we got out of the games enough last that night that we could get up onto the patio. They had it projected up on the wall of the patio at the hotel. And we watched overtime. We saw the, the, the near goal there for Finland. And then the overtime winner was... It's just a special thing, you know, and we wondered what the summer tournament would be like. You know, we all had the feeling that, you know, it's a summer tournament. This is a Christmas thing. It's not even about the world that being the junior championship of the world. It's more about this Christmas tradition. Well, they proved wrong that the junior tournament on its own has a ton of excitement and a ton of of energy and, and it got people going. So bravo to everybody involved. And for anybody that's not watching your face, they're watching mine and I'm making all these faces here because I'm having all these emotions and things are running through my mind as you speak. I mean, yeah, the attendance wasn't great. One of our viewers, John in Edmonton, showed, sent us a link of the attendance by the game. But by the game, it was, in, it was increasing every game. So Alberta, the Prairies, Canada was getting um, into it as the tournament went along. And I shouldn't just say it was Western Canadians that were there because I saw the signs. Hello from PEI. Hello from none of it. You know what I mean? They were all there. It's Canada. It's hockey. It's a thing of beauty. 
And we left Edmonton with a stronger partnership than ever before with Hockey Canada. It was just a massive uh, relief from them to have won the thing, filled the barn for as good as they could. Did they sell all of those 13,000-some-odd tickets for Saturday's final? Who cares? I've said for years and years and years, if you're televising a game, paper the place. Fill it. No, no, Rod, you don't know what you're talking about. Just go do your little radio thing and shut up. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. They filled the place. I'm sure not everybody bought tickets. There's no way 13,000 people paid $200 for tickets. They didn't. So for the other leagues that don't fill the barns in big games, didn't it make you feel like you wanted to be there? That's what the full house does. So way to go. Bravo to all the nations involved. Bravo to Hockey Canada, but specifically Team Canada for winning the gold. Now... What's on at the movies this week with Landmark Cinemas? Everybody's writing me, Moose. They're seeing commercials for our show before movies like Bullet Train. It's in theaters now. Brad Pitt stars as Ladybug, an unlucky assassin determined to do his job peacefully after one too many gigs gone off the rails. Fate, however, may have other plans as Ladybug's latest mission puts him on a collision course with lethal adversaries from around the globe, all with connected yet conflicting objectives on the world's fastest train. Text MOVIES NOW, all caps, MOVIES, to 902-518-3033 to be entered to win tickets and treats to Landmark Cinemas. Winners picked every week to go to the movies. All through the RP Show. Thank you, Landmark Cinemas. Moving on to point two, NFL Sunday. Rookie tight end Isaiah Likely caught eight passes for 100 yards and a touchdown, and the Baltimore Ravens ran their preseason winning streak to 22 games, beating Arizona 24-17 in the Cardinal Stadium Sunday night. In East Rutherford, New Jersey, I think we all watched it. Davis Webb threw a 15-yard touchdown pass to Alex Bachman with 35 seconds to play to lift the New York football giants past Cincinnati 25-22 and in Cleveland Joshua Dobbs ran for a touchdown and looked good directing Cleveland's backups during a 21-20 loss to the Eagles in an exhibition watched by both teams starters so that's what happened in the NFL on Sunday uh, I have NFL thoughts do you have any are you how much are you paying attention to what the Titans are doing your Titans here in the NFL preseason yeah, a little bit. I mean, I always take preseason results with the with the grain of salt. But they, you know, the Titans made a couple additions throughout this preseason in the camp on on the defensive side, you know, safety from the Chargers, another defensive back. So I, I like to see that and see where they're moving. Um, but there's some interesting battles. You know, the the Seattle quarterback position is interesting. You know, and who's going to start? And Drew Locke got an extra start, I believe, because of of COVID. Um, so it. That's very interesting to see how exactly some of those battles are happening. And then obviously we've been following, you know, our boy Tom and him being absent from Bucks camp, but he's back now. So I think all is going to go back to normal in Tampa very soon. So follow Tom Edward Brady quite closely. Tom yeah. Edward Brady back on the field with the Buccaneers today. Um, Zach Nelson's watching in Calgary. He says, I didn't watch it, Rod. It wasn't on TSN or CTV. Um, that's a topic for later on in the show. How about that? Because Moose is, Moose is with us for 40 minutes today, so we can get into it all. Uh, from Jenna Reagan, watching in Southern California, says, Let's go, Dallas Cowboys. 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 We won on Saturday, by the way. I don't know if you'd heard over the Chargers. And Jenna says, Kick and punt return time. Spring football works. Quite a story, this Devontae Turpin. When I said that I have some thoughts on the NFL preseason, I'm only following the Dallas Cowboys, God, no, America's team, 
God's teams, the Regina Pats. But Turpin, you got to follow this story if you haven't. If you have some time, Darren, on your way home and you're sitting in an airport, look this up. This guy played in the Spring League. He played in the USFL, Devontae Turpin. He's had a very checkered past. Moving that aside, which the Cowboys clearly are willing to, the guy, nobody's returned two kicks for touchdowns in an NFL game since 2013. He did it on Saturday in the preseason. We in Dallas will win games however we have to. But I wasn't breaking my leg to get near a television set because I don't know how much you're following this, but I think that the NFL teams are picked now coming out of training camp. They're picked. Lee and I discussed this last week. There's no battles for the number one quarterback job or the number one receiver job or the number one center job or the number one defensive end job. They're all picked. So these preseason games are nothing more than glorified practices. And this guy, is, if, if I'm saying it right, Devontae Turpin probably has made the Cowboys. And he's the guy, he is the guy that paid to play in the spring league. He played in the fan-controlled football league. This guy would do anything. He'd walk through fire to play in the NFL. And the Cowboys were watching, got a hold of his tape. He could be held up, Darren, as the, as the story. If anybody wants to know why these guys just won't quit playing and they'll do anything to play ball, it's quite the inspirational story. Extremely inspirational. And, you know, here's a guy you're going to root for now. You know that story. And could he be the next, I don't know, Deion Sanders for the Dallas Cowboys on the returns? I don't know. Maybe. And, and wouldn't that be something? But it's, it's, it's sometimes it's these guys who have the most success sometimes like Tom Brady was a six round pick. He had to work right to be this good. And you learn how to work this kid going to fan control football in the spring league and paying to play. Like there's no doubt he's a worker. And if you're a worker and you put in the time, he's going to continue to work. And so he has a, a chance to really have some longevity and I hope he has success. Uh, just another interesting storyline there, and um, we'll move on to the CFL right away. But the guy's got a checkered past, and the Cowboys are willing to overlook that. How many times do guys like Evander Kane and Antonio Brown, and I won't name any more names, get? While you keep producing, you're going to get a lot of chances. And I will welcome the viewers in. I can't get to your comments right now en masse because we got a lot to get to today. Rod's rant, of course, which I'm not ranting about anything other than maybe... $200 for an NFL preseason game plus $47 processing fee. But again, I'm sitting there going, I don't spend money on myself for the most. I got this shirt at like TJ Maxx for $6. So if I want to pay for a luxury suite ticket for an NFL preseason game, damn it, I'm going to. And next time I'll realize to get my accreditation in before the window closes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyways, Rod's rant yeah, is for <laughs> Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. I could rant. I could rant on TSN. And for, mo- for now, I won't because we're a competing television company and channel, and how they do business is their business. But, oh, boy, was my phone blowing up with people that couldn't get whatever World Juniors games or whatever CFL games or whatever, because they were on other channels. For instance, tonight's NFL preseason game, Falcons at Jets, is on TSN 1 and 3. So if you have TSN 2, 4, and 5, you're SOL, baby. You know what that stands for? Spit out of luck. So 
TSN manipulates what channels they have, trying to hook you in to get more of their channels. And uh, But I'm not going to rant on that today because I'm in South Florida and I'm happy. When we come back, we're, uh, what are we? We're only two points in. We got three, four, five, and six to come. And it's all CFL, Queen's Plate, and Blue Jays. So stick around, everybody. The Moose is with me. He is alive. Great to, reports of his demise were greatly exaggerated. On the way, Victor Kui, Derek Keenan, and Lee Zhenye. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're live from South Florida and St. Catharines, Ontario. On Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Back in our home in South Florida, the RP Show kicking off uh, a brand new week with episode number 825. I'm switching up my quick six order here. Uh, the Moose is with us from St. Catharines, Ontario, where we're getting a lot of pressure to be in Ontario and Eastern Canada, and I'm here for it. Just not today. But I'm switching up the order of the quick six, Moose. Um, I don't, my bell is right over here. I don't have it. Do you guys have a horn or something you can air? Just because I'm going to talk about the Queen's Plate. Something. Something. something, something. Yeah. Philly Moira came on down the stretch to easily capture the 163rd running of the $1 million Queen's Plate on Sunday. Moira posted a synthetic Trek record time of 201.48 in the one and a quarter mile opening jewel of the OLG Canadian Triple Crown. Moira finished seven lengths ahead of second place finisher Hall of Dreams at Woodbine. Sir for sure was third in the 11-horse field. I know you watched it. I know all our viewers watched it. It was on TSN and CTV. I placed my money through the Dark Horse app on Causing Mayhem. I don't know. I just had a little bit of a Tommy Lee uh, thought there that maybe Causing Mayhem would at least show. I placed bet on him showing, and that's top three. Didn't happen. But for 75 80% of the race, he was in fourth. I'm like, come on, Cosmo Mayhem, come on, Cosmo. And when they're coming around the final turn, Moira just, like, shot out of a rocket. And I'm like, can you you guys not, and gals, female horses, keep up this pace for 90 seconds? That's all that it needs to be. No. Moira, whoever came up with Moira as the favorite at 5-2 to two, knew what they were talking about, Moose. It was very exciting. And congratulations to Moira, her entire team, and that's what happened in the Queen's Plate. So and it was a record time, too. I could talk about this forever. 201.48. Very exciting race. And Moira just, she was like she was waiting in the weeds until that final turn. Well, the jockey was so, you know, adamant afterwards just how um, well the horse ran. And, you know, coming around that corner, that's the thing in, in, in horse racing. You know, you never know. And who's got legs left? And just, you're right. It was a shot out of a cannon. It's the best way to describe it. Because then to win by seven lengths in a record. And then the jockey after says, she still had something left in the tank. I'm like, holy smokes. And the cool story that I read out of the whole thing was from the, the trainer who had won other events and, you know, has done really well, but has been to six or eight of these Queens plates and hasn't won. And he said, this, this is like winning the Stanley Cup. If I had this great career, but yeah. not won the Queen's plate, this would be like going a whole career, not winning a Stanley Cup. So this meant 
a lot to the horse, and, and it was a cool way to wrap up the week. Yeah, Atterd. Uh, I liked his comments on that. So congratulations to Moira. Congrats to all the winners. But I was just like, whoever came up with that phrase, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It clearly came from the horse racing industry. So the second Triple Crown event will be the Prince of Wales Stakes, February 13th at Fort Erie Racetrack. The third and final race will be the Breeders' Stakes with the one-twelfth of a mile turf event slated for October 2nd at Woodbine uh and yeah so you can wager on that and be a part of the action by bringing the thrill of the track to your fingertips with woodbine's dark horse bets app it's ai powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate feel the excitement of live streamed horse races wherever you go download the app for free at playdarkhorse.com available for android and apple devices i'll say it again they do make the betting fairly easy. Actually, I went against what they told me to do, thinking it would pay big money, and it was just... Oh, that's why they call it gambling. Just so you know, that's yes. why they call it gambling. Uh, I took a gamble and lost. So week three in the Canadian Football League was very interesting. All of my commentaries, all of my columns, I'm saying, if you're one of those nincompoops that says the CFL season doesn't begin until Labor Day, you've really missed out on a lot. And so we've got all our viewers checking in, the CFL fans from coast to coast and around the continent wanting to see our breakdown on this. So I missed, I, I missed having a Thursday night game. I like, the, I, I like the Thursday night games in the Canadian Football League, at least in the summer until the NFL fires up. But there wasn't one last week. There was a Friday doubleheader. Edmonton beat Ottawa 30-12. to 12. I actually listened to that one in the car. I was listening to the Edmonton radio crew and a little bit of Ottawa on satellite radio. And they were saying how bad of a game it was. And I'm like, well, I'll have to take you guys' word for it because I'm not watching. Ottawa never did get untrack or on track, however you want to say it. Huge win for Edmonton. Uh, their third win, they're now 3-7. and seven. Ottawa's 1-8. and eight, and Paul Lapolis still has a job, and if I may, I'll never advocate for anybody to lose their job. I've had that happen a couple times. It's not pleasant, so I'm not going to advocate for Paul Lapolis to lose his job. But Ottawa won an eight there, and it's year two for them. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. We'll get to all the games here, but it's bad in Ottawa, and they're upset. Yeah, it's really bad. It's not good. And, you know, Edmonton's a team that you think you might have a chance to try and get back on track against. It didn't happen. Edmonton's gotten better too. So when you're sitting in Ottawa, you've actually seen Edmonton improve and you haven't, you know, if you're looking at a measuring stick as to, you know, who you might be competing with on the, on the rebuild track, it would be the Elks. And they seem to at least have some signs that it's getting turned around. We're not seeing that in Ottawa. Now only we know internally what the plan is, right? And if they're, you know, this is expected and what we might think is the future, They'll know if they're on track. Paul LaPolice will know if there's some signs there and if this is about just finding the right pieces and we're missing key areas. And look, at, we're not going to win, but we want to see A, B, C, and D and show some growth. But it's it's tough in, in Ottawa right now. And those fans have been somewhat spoiled in the in the short time the Red Blacks have been in the league with, with the success they've had. So this, is, this isn't a good time for the nation's capital. Well, fans have short memories, and I don't blame them when they're being asked to pay good money for tickets. It's been a long time since Ottawa's had good times. That's a fact. Yeah. Don't forget they fired a coach before Paul Lapolis, and they've been bad for two seasons under Lapo. 
So for the benefit of the Ottawa fans, that's why I'm talking about it. Edmonton's getting a little bit better. These two teams will meet again here in week 12. So I'll move on from that. Friday night, uh, the BC Lions were favored going into Sask, favored by five, and they won 28-10 over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And that was a very interesting game. I was shocked when Craig Dickinson gave his starting quarterback, Cody Fajardo, the hook with a minute and a half to go in the first half. And then Mason Fine comes in and looks like Tom Brady moving the ball down while he's short. Shorter Tom Brady moving the ball down the field. But that didn't last. And in the second half, it looked like he was running in mud too or playing in mud. So Sask now uh, is 5-5. Five and five. The BC Lions 8-1 with the victory. But I'm going to morph point four in there with Nathan Rourke. Their stud quarterback got hurt. And the question is now, and he's going to require surgery, whatever they're calling. I call him WestJet, but I'm the only one. Do you guys not think that's better than Kid Canada? That's terrible. That's Kid Canada. Every Canadian kid's Kid Canada. Come on, WestJet, who incidentally bumped me up to first class the other day. I'm sitting, I'm sitting right in the on. back of the plane. I'm sitting in the back of the plane. And the flight attendant, she comes walking down the aisle, and she's like, I'm looking for a Rodney. Is there a Rodney? I'm looking for a Rodney. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> what, like, what was in my bag? We'd like to... I know. She, she's like, we'd like to move you up to first class. I said, why? And she was like stunned. And she's like, people didn't show up. You were a member of the rewards program. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, let's go. It was a f- five and a half hour flight down here to South Florida. So anyways, WestJet it is. Nathan Rourke is going to be out for extended time until close to the end of the regular season. My question to you before we move on to the Rough Rider side of things is have the BC Lions built up of enough of a cushion, Moose, to uh, keep them in the playoff race until WestJet Nathan Rourke gets back? Yes, they have. I think they're a playoff team. I don't think that's a question right now for the BC Lions. Now, you know, it's going to come down to Michael O'Connor or like we saw in Calgary when we thought Michael O'Connor was the backup and going to get the opportunity to play, they go to Jake Mayer, right? So does BC have another opportunity, uh, another player in mind, or are they going to turn the keys over to Michael O'Connor? I saw, I've seen Michael O'Connor play football at the university level very extensively. And I think, you know, he can have success at this level, but it's like Nathan Rourke. We never saw this happening with Nathan Rourke last year. We weren't sitting there being, okay, we've seen all these signs of brilliance and he's going to lead the league in passing next year. But that year of learning and, and getting the opportunity has set him up for success. Michael O'Connor's kind of had this opportunity to watch. He watched some good quarterbacks in this league. And this year he's been behind Nathan Rourke, seeing what he's been able to do. So perhaps Michael O'Connor can come in and replicate some of the success. Although I would temper the expectations, but BC will, will, will be fine for a while. I wouldn't panic. Well, they got the Riders again this week, and Antonio Pipkin wasn't bad when he came into the game, too. John Massey, he's a Rider fan living in Edmonton, says, Address the jerks in the stands booing Fajardo. How do we expect him to have any confidence when we're working against him during games? Talking about booing our own players. Listen, John, it's a Rider thing. I don't understand it. It's quite distasteful, to be honest with you, but they, it's just what they do. It's just what they, they boo their own star quarterback. I know, right? So the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is who should the Riders start a quarterback in week 12 at BC? Jake Dolagala, 
Mason Fine or Cody Fajardo. I voted for Cody Fajardo because he is the highest paid Rough Rider quarterback of all time. Clearly, I'm never turning on. I'm with John. I'm with John. Why are you booing this guy? He's your quarterback. But it's just what Rider people do. Rider fans. We can't go into that. But he's your guy until he's proven not to be your guy. My vote is Cody Fajardo to start. Um, how about you, Moose? Yeah, mine is too. And I, I understand the, the hook is, is getting shorter. The leash is getting shorter and shorter a little bit when the success isn't there. But they're 5-5. Five and five. They're a 500 football club. They're right in the mix in the conversation. So, yeah, he, he continues to start for sure. Um, let's have a look here. Uh, 40% of the vote saying Mason Fine on Twitter. 40% saying Mason Fine should start. So, again, they just boo their own. Don't get it. Randy from uh, Winnipeg says, first class and luxury box. Way to go, Rod. Well, I had to pay for the luxury box. But the first class, I have no idea. And I was reading the book Law of Attraction. You've seen the book that I have. I was only a couple pages in. There was a couple other people that got moved up too. And I said, this thing works fast. This book. (laughs) Anyways, um, Montreal continues to roll. I, I don't know. Like... Danny Machocha have his, has his detractors, I think, for good reason, particularly in Edmonton. But the Alouettes continue to win. And as somebody said on this show a while back, we keep be getting told that Hamilton's a good team. But we have seen no evidence of that. So it's, it's quite a story unfolding under Danny Machocha, who I used to nickname Danny Can't Cocha way back 15 years ago. Well, he's ramming that down my throat. Uh, Montreal's winning, Moose. They are. They're winning football games. And we know they've got some talented players. And, you know, it just takes time for the players, you know, to, to all buy in and get on the same page. And, you know, at the beginning, I thought, you know, with when Danny made the switch and he went, you know, to the sideline to coach, they actually looked pretty good for a while in that game. They ended up losing, but they looked pretty good for a while. And, and you know, clearly he's found something in his guys um, and pushing some of the right buttons. But Montreal's a team I would watch out for. I watch out for it. They've got quarterback play, and that's that's really important in this league, and, and they've got some weapons. We don't have a lot of time. Less than a minute. we got to spend a minute on the Stampeders. They pull bowl Levi Mitchell. And listen, I was at the hockey – I was watching the hockey game, and uh, I wasn't paying attention to the Calgary-Toronto game, but I get this notification. Bull Levi Mitchell benched for Calgary. I thought it meant he wasn't starting the game. And then I find out he gets pulled in the second quarter, which I guess is benching. That's fine. He never came back. I get that. But Jake Meyer comes out and leads the Calgary Stampeders to a victory. I'm going to spend more time with that next hour with Lee Genier because he is Stamps alum. But Calgary gets the win. It's a, it was a huge one because it moved him a win up on Saskatchewan for third in the Western Division. And it was a victory at Toronto 2219. Uh, we will, like I say, spend more time on that later. Moose, I think you're done for the day, so enjoy yourself, man, and thanks for coming on. You bet. Good to be back and have a great rest of the show. S- yeah, thank you. Safe travels. By the way, we're brought to you in part by Edo Japan. Delicious Japanese inspired meals and snacks made to order with high quality ingredients. We're going out uh, with a special guest next, Derek Keenan. You're watching the RP Show on this Monday, live from South Florida on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube. You can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
Gorgeous day here in South Florida as the RP Show rolls on. We open a brand new week. Dolphins home to the Eagles Saturday night, and I'm excited to say that I will be there. But I'll tell you, Friday, the Edmonton Elks are going to be home to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Actually, it's Saturday in week 12. Same night. And Victor Queen joins us, the president of the Edmonton Elks. And this interview was lined up last week. I want people to know, Victor, you don't just come on after wins. You'll come on no matter what. But I got to say, congratulations on that big win in Ottawa. Must have felt good coming home with the boys. Well, yeah, definitely a win feels better than a loss. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but uh, no, it. I, I got to tell you, Ottawa is a beautiful stadium to play in. And um, the atmosphere and what they do and what uh, Ottawa has achieved there is really, really impressive. You know, I'm, I'm, I saw your tweet. You said how beautiful the city of Ottawa was, let alone the stadium. I'm shocked. Have you not been to the nation's capital before, Victor, as a Edmonton guy? You know, I hadn't been back to Ottawa since 2005. So it's been a long time. So it's a very, very different city. But I took a lot of great lessons from that Ottawa experience because that, that crowd when you go there is completely different. And I'm going to say half of their audience is below 30 years old. And it's groups of young adults going there to enjoy the atmosphere and, um, and be a part of, of the team. And it was really amazing to see because what that – what I walked away from there with was that the Canadian Football League product is attractive to that demographic. You know, we always talk about reaching this younger audience, et cetera, et cetera. So clearly we have a product that can appeal to them where we're falling short and where we have to improve is at the league level and at the team level to duplicate some of what Ottawa has done. Of course. Well, I've been there dozens of times. The old place and then the post-reno place. And we, you're right. We all know the CFL product is, is fantastic. So did you get the uh, notepad out and start making notes? I guess I, now I put it in my note app on my iPhone like I used to carry around a notepad, Victor. Um, without divulging too many secrets, what, uh, what did you discover how they did this? Because it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. No, it, it definitely is a lot of work. But I think when you know when you're building plans, you need to see what best in class is doing. Now, not all of it is 100% applicable to us, but it it, it was um, a really good example. You see, because when you go to Winnipeg, Winnipeg is just like a better version of what we could do in Edmonton because they have a new stadium and they have a you know dedicated facility and all those kind of things. But Ottawa really is a completely different model where the city and OSEG have worked together and they figured out how do we revitalize this area? How do we bring value to the citizens and, and to fans? So that kind of let my mind go into a different area of what a great partnership with the city is. And we've got a great partnership with the city of Edmonton as it is today, but it let me kind of see where the opportunities are in the future. Well, I've been to two Edmonton home games, Victor, one of which I met you at, and I appreciate the time. Um, and like I say, this Saturday night, you're home to the Ottawa Red Blacks again. The sense that I got after spending two weeks in Edmonton at the World Juniors is the fans want results now. And what I've been trying to tell them is this isn't Victor's fault. Here. It's certainly not Chris Jones' fault. But how do you preach patience in a time where fans don't have patience? Oh, boy. Oh, 
Well, how about that? Uh, sounds like he got a call. Kim. It's the president of a CFL team, so their phone might be a little busy. Can you people, our viewers, remind we got him. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, you just started your answer, Victor. How do you preach patience in a time where fans don't have patience? Well, asking fans to be loyal and patient when you're in last place and not winning and a downward trend is a tall ask. Like, it really is a difficult ask. Even me as a fan, I look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that, that's hard. But um, you have to figure out what are all the things that make it worthwhile for a fan base beyond the 10 home games that we have? Now, without a doubt, when you start winning, it gives you that tailwind instead of the headwind that you're going into. Um, but quite frankly, the Edmonton Elks, we have a lot of work to do over the next two, three years to rebuild all those ties with the community, with our fan base, with our season ticket holders, and show them that we deserve them and their loyalty and in the past i think it's been easy to take that loyalty for granted because that's that was what the legacy of the edmonton of the edmonton else was or the double e yeah well, i tell you what i saw a lot of edmonton jerseys around edmonton a lot of them did say eskimos across the front i'm sure you'd like to get that switched to elks but i mean your mind must be going 24 7 on how you get a uh, it's, it's exciting, right? But it is a lot of work. Um, I don't know where you find enough hours in the day because it's going to take that much. Yeah, well, you know, I follow your hustle. You're a hustler. You know what to do and, and, and to get things done. I don't mind the old jerseys with Eskimos on it, quite honestly, because that is a part of our history. We can't erase that just because we name changed it. Like we proudly wore the green and gold in the Eskimo name and we did everything we could to bring glory to that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with still having that merchandise in the market and representing it. Now, of course, we've made the very wise decision to adopt a new name and move forward into the future and everything around our branding is around that. But you still got to pay respect to, to what we've done in the past. Yeah, well, it's a tremendous past. I, I think it is 14 Grey Cups. And the one thing that I heard even in Roger's place was uh, the, the fans were saying, hey, the diehard Edmonton football fans are coming no matter what. It's that fringe fan that they need to convince to get back. Is that kind of what you've identified as the task here? Uh, that, that's part of the puzzle. I mean, the, the diehard fans, see, the definition of fandom in the world of sports today is very different, right? And you've heard, you and I talked about this before. Yes, traditionally, the definition of a fan is who do you bring into the stadium that spends money on a ticket, spends money on F&B and beers, et cetera, et cetera, merchandise and all that. Now, that, of course, is important of that particular fan journey. But today, we have, let's call it again, hardcore fans that are all around the world that never step foot in a stadium. And they support the club in their own way. And if you look at sports all around the world, whether it's an NBA team or a CFL team or an NFL team or look to, to the UK, to the Premier League. I mean, there's fans of Manchester United all around the world. They've never even been to Manchester. So the, the world today has allowed us to connect with fans all around the world. So you've also got to figure out how to service that type of fan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I know, I know for a fact under Jones, because I know him well, and I feel like I know you well enough, 
the success is coming in Edmonton. It just can't get here fast enough. And I know you're a busy guy. Good luck this week, Victor. I appreciate the time today, man, always. Well, thank you. You know, um, and I, I saw your ad earlier about the RP merchandise. So next time I see you, I'm looking forward to rocking one of your T-shirts because they look cool. We can get you some. Absolutely. Thank you, Victor. Man, that is right. uh, the coolest guy in the CFL, Victor Kui, who, by the way, is far taller than I thought. He's a big dude. We'll be back with a sports update and uh, your comments and all of these. Lee Genier coming up in hour two, plus Saskatchewan Rush General Manager Derek Keenan. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show live from South Florida on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show rolls on. We had a fantastic interview with Victor Kui. They always are those great visits with Victor. And we got some great viewer comments too. But a sports update on this Monday. Canada's unbeaten entry in the 75th Little League World Series. The Little Mountain Little Leaguers of Vancouver will face the Matamoros Little League of Mexico today. Looking to win a third straight game. Be watching for that. Canada unbeaten at the World Little League. The final four spots into the 2022 CP Women's Open Field will be determined today during a final qualifier in Ottawa. Today is also the start of the tournament week for the CP Women's Open at the Hunt and Golf Club as the LPGA Tour's top stars return to Ottawa for the first time since 2017. Canadian star Brooke Henderson and world number one Jin Young-Ko will be among those competing in the four-day tourney that tees off Thursday. And there will be another pressure-packed Canada versus Finland hockey game this week. But this time, it'll be the women who star in the showdown. Canada opens the 2022 Women's World Hockey Championship in Denmark on Thursday, playing the Finns in a Group A game at KVIC Hockey Arena. This sports update is for Edo Japan. Delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. To the Edmonton viewers, Rich Robertson's watching in Edmonton regarding the Victor Kui interview. He says, very well spoken, but it's going to take a lot of work to make this team relevant in this market again. Yep, but we got to start somewhere, right? Bingo! Journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, right? Ah, it's impossible. Why try? Ted and Red Deer. I still think the Edmonton Energy Football Club is a way better name, but I'm a Ryder fan, so what do I know? I would have gone with the Edmonton Empire, but I'm a Ryder fan. What do I know? Um, I got to go to the text line, 902-518-3033. From Brady from the Bridge City. He says, hey, Rod, I'm on my way to Candle Lake for a camp with my program. Canada won gold, but it didn't come out without a goal line save by McTavish. Come on, Brady. Don't be a yeah, but guy. Oh, you won. Yeah, but you wouldn't have if it wasn't for Mason McTavish. Don't be, don't be the yeah, but guy. I don't like yeah, but people. It's a results-based business. Canada got the results. And I know that you mean it that way. But don't, don't always be looking for the negative, okay? That's today's life lesson. 
and says it's always to hear, uh, always sucks to hear about a, mag- a significant injury to a big time player in Nathan Rourke. That's the bad news of the weekend. Uh, yeah, it does suck. And we wish him a speedy recovery. Todd B. watching in Red Deer says, Hey guys, always a great show. I'm spreading the news. Yeah, tell everybody this is the best show on television. Please do that. Todd's watching on Game Plus. He says, I'm watching the evolution of the safety slash linebacker hybrid position. In my mind, this was invented by Don Matthews when he used Singor Mobley, which led to the Reggie Hunt, Dexter McQuell, Derek Moncrief, etc. Was it Don Matthews who first came up with it? Very good question before my time. Very possible. They say John Huffnagel invented the five receiver set, this spread offense. They say John Huffnagel invented it. Can somebody fill me in if that's a fact? They weren't using five receiver sets in football prior to the Stampeders of the early 90s? Maybe. Don Matthews invented the dimebacker? Well, not even that. As he said, the hybrid linebacker DB. Sure, let's give it to him unless somebody tells us otherwise. Last minute of play in hour one. Stephen watching in North Dakota. He says, check in Monday. The plot thickens in the weedy CFL West. 19 and sunny picking weeds out of a test plot near Velva, North Dakota. Thank you for the weather update. Clearly that's Celsius. Uh, And from Jack uh, Fulton watching in Vulcan, Alberta. Thank you, RP Show, for the great tickets and for an experience of a lifetime. You betcha, Jack. He went to the World Junior Gold Medal game Saturday night. It's one that we'll be talking about forever. Literally forever. Yeah, but they wouldn't have won if not for Mason McTavish. Yeah, but, yeah, but. Don't be that guy, Brady. Lee Genia will talk about this uh, Don Matthews invention and more next hour. Stick around after this break on Game Plus. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.